Welcome to Happily Ever After, the podcast that has started off talking about the mysterious world of divorce, but really kind of moved into generally living happily ever after. I am your host, Hannah Harvey, and I'm a writer and a parenting blogger at mumsdays.com, which is M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S dot com. I would be so grateful if you could subscribe and leave a review because that way obviously more people can find this podcast but I would really 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 love to actually hear from you so please do contact me through Instagram at mumsdays with your stories they don't have to be about divorce just anything you fancy really that's going on for you and you can also tell me what you think of an episode or send me your questions anything that you want answering and as always you can find the details from this episode in the show notes hello and welcome to happily ever after with me hannah harvey this week i want to talk about the fairy tale you know, the the thing we thought we wanted and then maybe we got it and we were like, hmm, is, is this it? So a few weeks ago, I interviewed one of my very best friends, Kath, who I've known for over 10 years. We did NCT together, which is, uh, we did that at the same time and we've been really good friends ever since. So I've talked about Kath quite a lot because she's a professional declutterer. So um, I was so overwhelmed the first time she came and helped me sort out our kitchen that I wrote an entire blog post about it. And I will link to that in the show notes because honestly, it blew my mind. But Kath's helped me a few times over the years, um, especially when we moved to our final family home. And she helped me. It was two months after I had left my ex um, and the family home. And she helped me prepare the house, basically, so that we could sell it. And we spent a whole week together sorting and organizing and styling and decluttering. and. It was also the culmination of about four years worth of renovation work. And the minute we finished getting the house ready, the estate agents turned up and took photos and it went on the market. So I never lived in the final finished home um, and I never got to use the incredible kitchen that took so much time and effort and grief. And we even had builders living with us during COVID so that um, we could finish elements of it. Uh, Because obviously at the beginning of lockdown, nobody knew what was going to happen. So they just moved in. Um, So, yes, if you'd like to hear that episode um, and the talk I had with Kath, it's episode number 10. Um, We talk all about that week. So, yeah, please have a listen and let me know what you think. But yeah, my point in since doing that interview with Kath, I've really been mulling over the house. Um, Because to hear the whole story from Kath's point of view was just really interesting. And I realized it was something that I'd all but removed from my memory banks. Um, 
and put in or, or at least put in a little horrible box to deal with at a later date probably with Kath's help but yeah this house it was such a huge and significant part of our lives it represented so much from like the materialistic show home ideal all the way to kind of feeling like a prison so after speaking to Kath I've been toying with this idea of writing a blog about the house and sharing you know the finished photos um but the whole thing's just really got me thinking about this idea of fairy tales and I guess the irony of finishing our forever home for someone else to enjoy including my ex and his girlfriend for a little while (laughs) um so I called this podcast happily ever after because of the idea we may have when we're younger you know we're going to meet the love of our lives and get married and live happy ever after and blah blah um and obviously that bit hasn't gone to plan for me as I know it hasn't for lots of you but I do think as I'm coming through this process that you can still have your happily ever after it's just maybe not the one you thought you wanted um and really heartbreak it's all part of that hero's journey you know when you're storytelling you've got to go through these bits where we can learn and grow and find out more of ourselves you know if only you're able to wade through the dark times and you can learn from them and and it's all part of the process but i've also got to thinking about you know when i was growing up i didn't think I had a fairy tale in my head. I, I didn't think I was that way inclined. I thought I was kind of progressive and independent and confident and a bit of a feminist without really labelling it as that. But if I'm honest, in the back of my mind, I did have a fairy tale ending kind of lurking somewhere there. And honestly, how can we not? It's so ingrained in all our stories and the books we read and family stories and articles and films. And when I was looking back and contemplating all this stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I even had a Prince Charming in mind. Because literally, I remember visiting friends who were studying at St. Andrews at the same time as Prince William. And did I have the odd fantasy on the train journey that I might bump into him and sparks would fly? Yeah, (laughs) I probably did. Just for fun, you just let your brain go there. But of course, we all know the reality of marrying a prince is a tricky one. And there's always a trade-off for the lifestyle somewhere along the line. So... Whether the fairy tale I ended up with was my one is, I guess, the issue, but maybe not the whole point here. The point of this is to kind of look at the family home. And um, we moved to this, like, beautiful grade two star listed house in July 2016. It was just before Ruben turned four. And if any of you have been following my blog since the early days, you'll know that we lived in like 
a terraced house in a pretty, well, it's a lovely seaside town now, but it had a bad reputation, you know. Um, so this was quite a transformation to go from that to this like enormous countryside house with an incredible view and a flipping hobbit house in the garden. And it was, um, it was a lot to get used to, we'll say. Um, but the house also needed loads of work doing. And for like the next four years, we were speaking to architects or speaking to planners, trying to get permission for all the work and the extension and all the things that we wanted to do to make it perfect. And when we weren't doing those things, we were like on the Pinterest boards, creating in, you know inspiration for what the house would be like. And I did love the house. It was like super cool, really inspirational. It was built in 1723 for the Duke of Northumberland's master builder. It had loads of beautiful details in the woodwork on the stairs and like the brass on the front door. Um, it was gorgeous. And then it was also a place where William Dixon, um, if you don't know him, I mean, where have you been? He compiled his Northumbrian pipe manuscripts there. So he's basically one of the earliest writer downers of music um, for Northumbrian pipes. And weirdly, he wrote down one of the earliest renditions of the Bonnie Bobby Shafto um, nursery rhyme. And I only found this out when I was researching the kids book I was writing at the time, which was inspired by the story of Bobby Shafto and his nursery rhyme. So it felt like such a weird coincidence. And it almost became like the story came from the house and I was just channeling it. But I don't know. Either way, it was very escapist for me at the time and nothing's ever come of the book. But uh, I really enjoyed that element of being there and writing it. And then there were other little, like, there were little cupboards which were apparently hiding places for Catholic priests. And even though I never saw it, apparently there was an escape tunnel that led from the cellar down to the crags. So it was like just this really cool house. And we were getting to do it up and, and, and enjoy it. And the views were amazing. And it was literally like, quote unquote, the dream. But in my heart, it wasn't the dream. We were in the middle of nowhere and I need to be around people. I think it's the ultimate crux. But I really tried to make it my dream. And the process of trying to make something a dream meant I was always annoyed with myself for not loving the place I found myself. And I stopped being able to write my blog, which was something that I deeply loved. But I felt like I wasn't the same person anymore. And I didn't know what my place in the world was beyond being a mum and like a housekeeper for this incredible house with so much history. <laughs> and I just felt completely lost. So pretty early on into the move, I started to get intrusive thoughts about being trapped in the house in a fire with the children and not being able to get out. Um, 
And even now, when I try and explain it, I struggle to articulate it and get quite emotional. And I'm not sure what that was about. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the guilt of feeling so ungrateful, even though I was practicing gratitude and trying to feel grateful every day, just led to kind of depression and anxiety and panic attacks. And around that time, I was heavily leaning on alcohol to numb the pain I was feeling, which was somewhere between boredom and an aching void. Uh, So it was about a year later that I felt I completely needed to give it up or I would lose myself completely. So, So that's something amazing that's come from it. And five years on since quitting alcohol, it's been a slow process, I guess, of working out who I am and what I like and what I need to feel fulfilled. Um, And I'm still not completely convinced and know yet. But I do know that having stuff and having money is great and feeling financially secure is amazing. But I also know that you don't ever actually stop worrying about money. It's like a bucket that can't be filled the more you spend the more you need the more there is to lose and it's like a cycle that perpetuates anxiety I think so if you've ever watched Shit's Creek you'll know that fortunes can change in a moment and I absolutely love that show you know I have lost all of that now and I can say that it feels sad but I also feel like it was never my dream And I felt trapped in that house because I didn't know who I was or how to be it. Um, And the fairy tale that, you know, comes to my mind now is Bluebeard. So Bluebeard is a wealthy man who marries um, a young lady and he goes away and he leaves the key for the keys to all the doors in this enormous house. Um, But he says, shows her the key and forbids her from opening the door that this key works in. Um, he goes away and then her sisters come to stay and together they are so curious her sisters more than her I might say and they end up trying every door in the house to find out which door the key opens and then when they open the door inside is all the bodies of his former wives stacked up on top of each other so obviously they crap themselves, they lock the door and they're trying to hide the fact that they've been in there. But when he returns, Bluebeard can tell from the keys that they've been in there, um, that she's been in there. And just as he's about to kill her, the sisters come back with the brothers and they save her life. So that, that's the story. And I first came across this from uh, an incredible book called Women Who Run With The Wolves. Um, It's by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And in the whole book, she's basically reading, taking fairy tales and interpreting them. And what she says for this one is the room, this room full of bodies is the part of ourselves or our psyche, the wild part that we don't let ourselves go into. And I feel like, yeah, you can have all the stuff in the world, but if you're not willing to explore this one part of yourself, you're going to be searching forever. And that's literally how I felt like I've spent my life is 
searching and even when you have it all you're still lost and you're still depressed and I hated myself for it um and to be clear I'm not saying my ex is bluebeard in this I think I am I think we can all be a little bit like bluebeard for ourselves and keep ourselves trapped with this idea of what we want we want these things but it's not truly what we want and then you know, if we do get this stuff, we then feel guilty for it and use that as another way to keep ourselves feeling trapped and unhappy. You know, you've got, you're striving for something, but you need to always keep yourself in check. You need to be yourself, but not too much because that might upset other people. Um, and you also need to accept what you've been given and be grateful and be everything for everybody else, but also stay small. Don't be a show off. Don't be this, don't be that. blah de blah with all this kind of striving for stuff and things, you can kind of get lost in what we really, really want. And I think I've learned that the thing that means the most to me, yes, having financial stability is huge and I worry about money all the time. But the thing that keeps me feeling joyful and feeling happy is connection. It always was about connection. When I did my blog, I would get pumped up if somebody read something that I've written and connected to it or said that it helped them with something and it still very much is that for me but I had lost it because I was trapped in this idea that I had it all um but was ungrateful and as I'm feeling my way back into writing I know that I want to deeply connect with people with you your emotions, your motivations, and to be around to see people transform into a place where they feel content, or at least they're striving for that and give themselves permission to want to get to that bit of the psyche that's wild. So yeah, for me, living in this lovely house in the middle of nowhere made me feel isolated. I felt lost and I lacked all purpose. Besides, you know, the day to day and being a mum and looking after my family. But of course, this had nothing to do with the house. And that house will always be a reminder to me that you can have all the things, but it's okay to not necessarily want them. So, yeah, I do. I keep going on about the house, I know. But it, I feel like the house and getting it ready for the sale, for sale, which it did, it sold um, a few months after we put it on the market was it's, it was a big part of my hero's journey. I had a deep respect for that place and it was my duty to see it through. You know, I had a baby in the middle of the renovation. I loved the place and I hated the place. <laughs> and it was an honour to restore and enhance its beauty and get it ready for someone else who could really appreciate it. So I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm not even sure I have actually made any points, but I I strongly believe it's important to have goals and to strive for things and the stuff that we think we want. But to also remember that when you get there, it might not be what you wanted after all. And that's completely okay. It's all right to not stay trapped if you're unhappy 
And I think I've learned from this process and been able to move on because I'm learning that this fairy tale and the happily ever after is actually happening right now. Every time I connect with somebody and have that moment of like, oh, this is what it's all about. It's in the good and it's in the bad. This is the journey. The fairy tale is the journey. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a really great week and I'll see you next week for another episode of Happily Ever After with me, Hannah Harvey. I would be so grateful if you could leave a review and subscribe because this really helps more people find the podcast and of course if you have a friend who might enjoy this episode or any of the others please do recommend they listen to thank you so much um for anything else you know your thoughts on this episode or questions for the future please get in touch with me via instagram at mumsdays or you can contact me through my website which is hannahharvey.uk